0: Welcome to Views from the Hill, episode two, the weekly podcast where we interview students, staff, administration, and alumni. We want to welcome our new guest for this week, Mr. Eric Bruns.
1: Thanks for having me on, guys.
2: Morning, Mr. Bruns. Morning.
3: Morning, guys. So um, do you have a morning routine you tend to follow?
1: (laughs) Um, It depends on the day. Honestly, Jack, I try to get up about six and then try to work out in the morning ahead of time um, that doesn't happen nearly as often as I would like. Um, so normally more about like 630 shower and then try to get my kids up and going and wife normally takes them to school. And then I come in and generally hear mm, about five or 10 till eight most days.
3: Do you work out at home or do you have a membership somewhere?
1: Uh, normally at home, got treadmills, so uh, run on that. And then a few kettlebells laying around. So to yeah, Cody'd be proud of me. Just you know, throwing some kettlebells around, trying to keep some athletic movement going, um, so that I don't age too quickly.
3: <laughs> are you a are you a big coffee guy?
1: Uh, yes. The older I've gotten, the more uh, kind of depend on the go juice, or the the uh, what's the line from the old uh, Will Ferrell movie with Mike Get, Ditka about the, joke. the 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 coffee is the lifeblood that fuels the dream of champions. Uh, yeah. So yeah, kind of started to adopt that whole mentality.
3: How do you uh, how do you take your coffee?
1: Now, as you can see, I've become a huge fan of the iced coffee, uh, and this one actually says John on it because O'Hara picked it up for me this morning. Um, but uh, yeah, especially when it's been as hot as it's been here recently, yeah, the iced coffee is a nice way to go.
0: Maybe cold brew kind of guy. Yeah. Yes. I like, I like the
1: cold brew. I started doing that a lot this summer as well. That, uh, yeah, that was a, a nice little change. started to get a little expensive at times, yeah. but yeah. Uh, they're good.
0: So, uh, college football was back uh, last night, you know, Minnesota, Ohio State. It's my understanding, if I remember correctly, you were a uh, handover quarterback.
1: Yes, yes. I, uh, as I'd say, at one point in time, I was a big fish in a very small pond um, that, uh, yeah, I got to play down at Hanover College, NCAA Division III ball. Um, Was our starting quarterback for two years, uh, both my junior and senior years. My sophomore year filled in a couple games uh, as our backup. Um, So it was a great experience. Um, Was able to make it to the NCAA playoffs a couple of times and play against some guys that actually spent some time in the league, which was always impressive. And then just the rivalry games and stuff around the state and getting to uh, kind of travel around and play some different places.
3: So a stat I I read about was that you had more yards per game than Drew Brees. at
1: college. (laughs) Yeah, that, uh, that NCA record book is pretty impressive and kind of nice with kind of seeing all that stuff. So yeah, in terms of total offense yards per game that, Yes, I did average more yards per game during my career of my games I was in than Drew did during his time at Purdue. Now, obviously, very different competition. Uh pretty sure that if I had played in the Big Ten, um probably just would have been hat backwards carrying a clipboard most of the time, or had the different colored penny on and signal it in plays. Um, but uh Still pretty cool just to kind of look at that list and see names that are on there. If you really pay attention to it, like Steve McNair is on there as well. Vince Young. Uh, yeah, Vince Young was on there and several other guys that went on to have they either had really good big time college careers or went on to be kind of really big names in the NFL. And it just be included even ever so slightly on that list is pretty cool.
3: Yeah. What was your um what quarterback would you compare your style to? Ooh. Were you a runner, state of the pocket? Um
1: I wasn't I wasn't the true dual threat like you see a lot of times now. Um, but our offense, we were a, we were a true spread offense and we were we were wide open before a lot of people were. Um, <laughs> the funny thing about like we didn't even we did not have a single tight end on our roster <laughs> my years when I was in Hanover, not a one. So we were in four and five wide the overwhelming majority of the time if we got into your excuse me short yardage situations, we would bring a tackle over and then we had a couple bigger wide receivers that we'd sneak in the back end to be essentially like a tackle eligible formation. Um, and that was our short yardage, basically formation. otherwise, I mean we got in we were we said three three wide, two back or you know 10 or double zero personnel basically all the time. Um, Which there were a few times in games, literally we had guys, if we got into the red zone too far and we knew we couldn't run it in, that we would have an offensive lineman intentionally jump off sides to back us up. So we'd have more more room in the red zone in order to throw the ball. (laughs) Which doesn't happen very often.
2: Do you think throughout your time at Hanover, you were taught any life lessons?
1: You know, Really, um, my whole kind of path, and I know we'll kind of get into that a little bit in terms of why I ended up getting into coaching and teaching were because of some of the guys that were coaches of mine, especially at Hanover. Um, I was really influenced um, by our original offensive coordinator, Mike Emmendorfer, who is now the head coach and assistant athletic director at the University of Wisconsin-Platteville. Um Also then by his replacement, Mike Leonard, who ended up becoming the longtime head coach down at Franklin College and was responsible for kind of the growth of that program when Franklin was dominant for a good decade plus. He was kind of the one to put that together and just the influence of working with them day in, day out, as well as the calm kind of steadying influence of our longtime head coach, Wayne Perry, Um, just kind of seeing those three guys all the time and how they went about things really just kind of gave me a whole lot to kind of just follow as I went.
2: Yeah. You were able to learn a lot from them.
3: Yes. Do you still manage to stay in touch with them or any of your teammates? Uh,
1: yeah, actually, um, I had, I was on a zoom call, uh, back actually on the Sunday of the super bowl with, uh, coach Leonard Um, one of the other stops that Coach Leonard made at one point in time before coming back to the United States was he actually coached professional football in Japan. And he made he became really good friends with a guy out there that was kind of essentially like the version of like a graduate assistant. Um, And he actually brought him over and kind of helped our program for a few years. His name was Yoshi. Um, And so we're on a Zoom call on Super Bowl Sunday talking about the game. Yoshi's on it from japan coach leonard myself uh brett deets who played quarterback as well at Hanover. that's now depaul's head coach and also our current um head coach in hanover matt theobald and then justin pelly who is the head coach at western boone and played here locally at speedway so just us just kind of hanging out talking ball for a little bit and things like that so i still get text messages all the time from coach leonard talk to him all the time uh, see Coach Perry whenever I go back down the campus, which I always make it down for a couple of games every year because uh, I was fortunate enough about three, four years ago to be inducted into Hanover's Athletic Hall of Fame. And there were dozens of my teammates that came back for that for the just kind of see the, the whole ceremony and everything. And, and so it's I always like to try and give back to the program as much as I can just for what I got out of it. Yeah. So while at Hanover, did you study education? Actually, no, my, I, I am like quintessential liberal arts student. Um, so <laughs> my undergraduate degree is actually in political science. And then I triple minored. <laughs> I may be the only student in the history of Hanover College to have a triple minor um, that I ended up minoring in classics which is the study of ancient Greece and Rome. I took Latin there as my foreign language, so Magister Strife and Magister Gross would be extremely proud. Um, I then also took PE, physical education, as another one in case I did truly want to end up trying to teach physical education. Figured that would be a nice start to start getting some of those credits. And then lastly, my third one was in sociology. So literally all over the place, right? Like seriously, like I said, quintessential liberal arts student, little here, little there. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's a lot of classes that you could teach.
2: Where, where did your teaching career begin?
1: Um, a few years out of college, uh, I was working and living in Chicago doing sales jobs. So I'd sit most days in a cubicle making calls out to people. And I my job was very much like Jim in the office. Like it was literally like Dunder Mifflin. I was selling cop, I was selling copy paper, office supplies. It was, it was awful. Um, made good money, but I just couldn't stand it. It was just awful. Day- every day was the same. It was just like you started coming up with the pranks with each other. Like, like that's like literally that's like you watch the office. And I'm like, dear lord, this is exactly <laughs> what my life was like when I was up there. Um, and so I started kind of investigating the idea of just trying to help with some of the Division Three programs that are around the Chicagoland area, because there's a bunch of them up around the city. Um, none of it was able to kind of work with my schedule that I had work-wise. I ended up moving back to Indianapolis, and I reached out to Mike Leonard, to Coach Leonard, who at that time had taken over as the head coach of Franklin College. He didn't have anything for me, but the high school there in town, Franklin Community High School, um, had just brought in a new head coach who coincidentally was the old head coach about a decade prior at Franklin College and had tried to recruit me out of high school. And so I reached out to him and he brought me on staff and I started working in the school uh, as a classroom assistant within the special services program, which was... An unbelievable experience to kind of just help some of the students with different special needs, whether it was learning disabilities, some with full emotional disabilities, some with physical disabilities, uh, and then coaching football on the side. And that experience that one year fully convinced me that I wanted to go back and get certified to teach. Uh, So then the next two years, I went full tilt at IUPUI, received my education degree, added some additional areas. So I am licensed to teach uh, any and all subjects within social studies, which is why I have the four different classes here that I'm teaching of psychology, econ, the sports history and culture, as well as the AP human geography class, because literally I am licensed and get moved around wherever we have an opening.
3: Yeah. Which classes do you think, or which class do you think would be your favorite to teach start your career?
1: Uh, overall, I, it truly is the AP Human Geography class, which I fell into when I moved from Franklin Community to North Central. When I got the job at North Central, uh, teaching-wise, they said, okay, we need you to teach geography, and just kind of told me and said, you're going to teach this class, and I had never heard of it. And so right after I got the job, I, just, I took a couple of the textbooks, and I just started delving into it, and just thought, this is really cool stuff because of, it brings all these other aspects of social studies classes. You get a little bit of history, you get some sociology, you're getting economics and traditional geography of locating things and you're combining it all to make sense of why humanity is where it is, why certain aspects of religion are in some spots, why certain religions are in some spots and just kind of how everything works together. It kind of just makes, brings it all together and makes everybody kind of a more informed citizen. So I just love teaching that class as it goes along and seeing the students grasp all these concepts and realize that everything you see, whatever news outlet you're watching or whatever you're scrolling through and getting news from, that you see all these different moving pieces and how everything works together. And nothing is ever as simple as the kind of talking heads on TV or whatever media outlet make it seem.
3: I think it makes a big difference when kids can actually see what they're learning implied in their real life. that actually makes them a lot more interested in the subjects.
1: And that's one of the great things about that class is it literally can do that. It just every day we can pull something from the news of, up oh, here you go. This is topics X, Y, and Z from the class displayed right in front of you. Yep. Yeah. So when did you get to Cathedral? Uh, let's see. What year would that have been? I think it was actually the at that season, that 2017, 2018 school year um, that I made to switch over from North Central. Um, my wife is a cathedral grad, class of 97. Um, and then my sister-in-law graduated in 02. Their uncles are longtime alumni from one campus, was still downtown. It was an all-boys school. And then I had several teammates throughout the years at Hanover that were cathedral grads. So obviously very familiar with the school and then growing up Catholic, it was something that when I was here, that I always wanted to try and get in the doors and be a teacher here. And there happened to be the openings, and I wasn't actively looking to leave North Central. It just the opportunity here was here, so I jumped at it. And uh, it was really poor timing for them because I ended up getting hired here basically less than a week before classes were supposed to start at North Central, and had to go and tell my department chair, like, "Sorry, I'm out." <laughs> Uh, so, um, what exactly do you think makes cathedral different from other schools? Wow. There's a lot of things. Um, uh, that is that literally it's, this kind of, we could go all over with this. Yeah, that was a good um, it was, <laughs> it's a, and it's a great question. Uh, obviously our, our faith based education is completely different than any public school that we can actually bring that into the classroom. We don't have to hide it Um, and can look at that in all different aspects and tie it to all these different areas of our curriculum. Um, I love student body wise how we literally are a cross section in this building, or really I should say this campus as we're just in one building here. of central indiana in its entirety i mean we are taking students from not only marion county but every surrounding county a hundred plus different middle schools we have every type of ethnicity religious affiliation social economic status are all here on campus together and they cut we come from all these different backgrounds but then adopt into and buy into what is expected here. And everyone, I feel, leaves four years later, or in some cases, shorter periods, if they transfer in, a better person than when they arrived.
0: Yeah, I agree, totally.
3: I think another big thing about Cathedral is the extracurriculars, such as like sports or clubs. What was some of the, your favorite sports you coached here at Cathedral?
1: Uh, my, my year coaching football was fantastic. I had kind of stepped away from coaching. I had been a high school coach for a long time of one year at Franklin Central initially. uh, Then, well, actually, the years at Franklin Community, first for about three years, and then one year at Franklin Central, then went back to Franklin Community for five. And then I just kind of helped a little on the side when I was at North Central, never officially a member of the staff. Um, Once my kids were born, it was kind of like, I need to step back, is you guys kind of get glimpses of this at times, but don't fully realize that your coaches are working literally a separate full-time job, just coaching you on top of teaching. And we do generally, we all do it just because we love the game and just wanting to help you guys all get better at it. But when you guys are basically done on Saturdays, we're still breaking down film, going through things, developing the game plan, coming back. Generally coaches are always coming back for several hours on Sunday, Putting the finishing touches on the game plan, dishing out to you. So there's no like time off during the season, ever, uh, for the coaches. But uh, loved that first year, that year when I came back and you know I was able to coach with coach with Coach Strife and spend that time with you know Coach Lyons and Coach Barthel and all those guys on the offensive side of the ball at that point in time, um, and to have some just ridiculous talent on the roster at that point in time and. Yeah, you know, click on games now on Sunday or on Saturdays and seeing basically Hugh out there, Marquise out there running around and just like in a meal, just pancaking people like crazy down bam, Just like good lord, we had that all on one roster. Um, so that year was a lot of fun. But then also when Coach Miller stepped down from doing the the girls' golf team and just being an avid golfer, I loved the years of. Coaching the girls' golf team it was just a lot of fun, just kind of getting out there and spending time on the course and in helping, just kind of helping the girls with their game and then building the program. Cause right I took mm-hmm. over right after basically the year your, your sister graduated, Drew, and yeah. the the roster was down to only about seven players at that point in time because your sister's class was so good. That a lot of people, a lot of the girls were intimidated to come out and play that had never done it before because they saw your sister and Sydney and Sophia and, like, I don't know, I can't play like that. And so I kind of just recruited the hallways and had the girls kind of helping in that regard of, like, if you got friends that are good athletes and not doing anything to fall, like, have them come out and play. And and so when I stepped down, and now Coach Brammer has it, I believe there are 25 girls on the roster. From when I took it over, there were seven.
3: Anonymous source told me that. Savannah Wayman actually made you step down. You <laughs> swing.
1: Actually, Savannah has a really good swing. She just didn't... I don't think she... She didn't work hard enough <laughs> yeah. at it. She had, she
2: had to, <laughs> like, to commit herself a little bit.
1: Yes. There were times that literally on some of the... Especially at Maple Creek where we play our home course, some of those fairways are narrow and tight, and she would step up and literally bomb a tee shot right down the middle. And I'm like... Where, could, where is this all the time? And then like three holes later, we're just kind of like looking around and like, all right, I'm done and shots are just spraying around. It's like, yeah, it takes a little focus. We got to stay locked in here, but no, it was fun.
2: Speaking of golf, yeah. uh, how often do you golf personally?
1: Um, my answer to that question is always not as much as I would like. And my wife's, and my wife's response is always, that's not, that's wait, you're gone too much. Right on, right on cue, she's uh, calling in. Um, But uh, normally, during the summer, at least, at least like two times a week, uh, my son started to play a little bit as well, where he did some junior tournaments back in the spring. So with that going on, it helps that I can bring him to the course and kind of, uh, help him out and yeah and, and it gets me a little bit more time out there um and doing that you an excuse well. yeah it does it does it is it, it's a, it's a it's really a lot of fun doing that and he he played surprisingly well in some of those tournaments like some of those kids are unreal in those junior tournaments going out and shooting 39s and stuff like that Much better than it's it's incredible. Like, it's one of those things like, I don't know how long some of, those guys will, some of those kids will stick with it if they're getting pushed too much at a young age, and that's why they're like this and yeah. everything. But, yeah, he had fun doing them and medaled in one of them and got fifth place in one, so he got a medal in one of them. It's
2: like, hey, good for you, man. Um, so what, what do you like about golf? What intrigues you about the game?
1: I love the whole idea of how mental it really is. Um, where, fitco- where football le- definitely has the mental component. And that was one of the things I always had to deal with as a quarterback more than some other positions of knowing what everyone else is doing, making checks at the line constantly, everything else. So I get to kind of keep that side of things in. Um, but there's so much more of a gist of the psychological aspect of golf. Like this, The whole idea of positive outlook versus negative outlook and – trying to stick, keep focused on a task for that long. Yeah. It's just, it's hard to do. Um, it's obviously not the most physically demanding activity in the world, but mentally, yes, that side of it, I find just so enticing. And that's what always kind of, keeps bringing you back.
2: Yeah. You it's pretty much challenge. have to be locked in for like four and a half hours.
1: Yes. And when you hit a bad shot, it's very similar to football, like where you throw that bad pass. And it ends up as being an interception that you have to, you have to wipe the slate clean, yeah. forget it and move forward. And then kind of just focus on what's going on in front of you.
2: Yeah. Um, right now, what would you say your handicap is?
1: Uh, right around, it's like a high eight or like right at nine. So like an eight, Eight or nine, something like that. So, def- still in the single digits, which that that's all yeah, you can, that's all you yeah. I, I'm very much vanity wise with that. Like I have like love seeing the single digit. Like if it starts getting <laughs> up there a little bit more. Like the competitive side of me just can't take it, and I got I go and work until it gets back down. I mean, have you ever got so mad that you crashed a golf cart or? Uh, no, luckily. Um, it's been a few times where I've been close to snapping clubs. Um, but have pulled myself back.
2: Really? In your career, you've never snapped a club. That's pretty impressive. No,
1: not intentionally. I had one that went by accident, literally an old driver that I had bought that was like a secondhand thing when I was basically in high school, right off the tee and made contact with it. And I'm on the follow through I'm like, wait a minute. That shaft feels much lighter. You see the, the head 50 yeah, yeah. You pull it down, and then it's like, wait a minute. Look up, and you just see the head tumbling down the fairway. Like, yeah, that's not good. <laughs> I've
3: done it before. On the uh, the head actually went farther than the ball. Yeah,
1: yeah. that's same thing happened in this case. Yeah, Jack, that happens every time you drive. So, <laughs> so speaking of you know
0: golf cart trash, crashes, have you ever seen a crash during morning traffic duty? <laughs>
1: Luckily, no. Uh, I have not seen any actual crashes during the morning traffic duty. Um, been close a few times where when you're up in front of Loretto and somebody's coming in, they take the try to get the left turn basically oh, yeah. into the H lot when they shouldn't be. Um, there's been a few times where it's been close to head-on collisions, but now with the buses kind of parking up there, it blocks more of that, that pathway in, so fewer people are, are trying to pull off that turn. Yeah, I won't lie. When I, when I come up to Cathedral on
0: a Saturday and there's no one there, I'll take that left turn.
1: Well, that's a little bit different when you know, nobody's really here compared to the mornings during school.
3: If you could say something to the people who make that left-hand turn, what would you say?
1: Simply don't do it. Like, like, you're going to end up hitting a car head on, and it's not going to be good for either of you. You're just playing the probabilities at that point. E- exactly. Like, just, you know, you're playing the odds. Like, yeah, you may have gotten away with it once, but you're not going to keep getting away with it. So just don't do it. So a finishing point, do you have a favorite cathedral
0: memory? Mm. I know it's another tough question. I'm hitting you with tough questions.
1: You are hard hitting over here. <laughs> Watch out for Seth Menser and his hard-hitting questions. Um, favorite memory? You know, honestly, I would think my favorite memory was probably that first year when I was here, and the the whole festivities and everything around homecoming. So that first year I was here, we still did the walkathon. So um, doing the walk there first thing in the morning coming back and we still did the grill out down in front of the whack of hot dogs and burgers and everything like that. And everybody just kind of sitting around hanging out and then up to the field for powder puff and then into the, into the whack for the pep session to end the day and just kind of truly seeing the spirit of this place that first time. Um, It it kind of it made me feel like I was a student in high school again, kind of all over, and taken back to memories that may and helped me relive some of those memories that I had from pep sessions and you know when I was in high school and things of that nature, so that that one still every time we we have one, I kind of just get that little bit of thinking about that first one and then kind of reminisce back and it always always kind of holds a special place, well. Thank you, Mr. Bruns, for joining the podcast today.
0: Absolutely. You can follow us on Instagram at VFTH Podcast and subscribe to our YouTube at CHS Live and at Go Cathedral. I'm Seth Mincer, Drew Ditto, Jack Goheen. Subscribe. Thanks.